Episode 323, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 8, After, Before. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe in all of its iterations, from the page to the big screen to the small screen, which is where we are right now with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the final season. And I'm not here to talk about it alone. No, not me, Ben, Ben Avery. I am here with Stuart. How you doing? Hey, guys. It's good to be back. That's right. And then right over there is Samantha. Hey, hey, Stu, we missed you last week. Or not not last week, the week before Yeah, last. I missed both of you last week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We that could just not ep- get together last week. <laughs> no, that was a good episode, though, Ben. Well, it thank was. You. It was really good. <laughs> it was a real, I, I really liked that. I really liked that. that you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And uh, we had to do close. something, and that's what, what happened. So... And it worked, but yes, um, I yes, it's it's like every six months, you know, we're about six months away from. I don't know what is was it Christmas? We're about six months away from, and and we are now, now it's, yeah, yeah. So I, every six months we have to do this where life gets real busy. Yeah, yeah, but I thought you know what, let's have fun with it too, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I can stress about it and be like, oh, no, no. Don't do- don't do that. Or I can have fun with it. Do that. That's what I tried to do. So, yeah, it was unfortunate that it was that episode. Yeah. Because yeah, it was an that was episode. such a fantastic episode. And so it would have been yes. a little bit more fun to have your uh, your live uh, input on it. But. Well, you know what we should do, Ben? What? And, and we should probably have talked about this off air, but you can cut it if you want. We should actually do that for the last episode. Oh. The we series can. finale, we should do a live, maybe not live, like in, as in, but a commentary for the series finale. You know, it, it's just it's just a matter of that. That takes some more details and, and figuring out and yeah. timing. Yeah. And even doing it alone with Hulu meant that no one's timing is going to be the same when they listen to a commentary because of the ads on Hulu. Yeah, yeah that's the oh. one. Well, wait, 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 wait. Last year they had um, the entire season up like a week after the season finale. Maybe this year will be the same and we can watch it on, on Netflix. You know what I'm more As interested in doing is is doing some commentaries on some of the pilots. Which we've talked about that before too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and maybe after the last episode of the series, um, one of our things we could do after that is to jump in and do do a live commentary with the uh, with the pilot episode of Agents of Shield. That would be fantastic. That would hey, be listen, great. If we, if you are really into this idea and we don't do it, remind us. Yes. Be like, hey, remember that pilot idea? And we'll be like, yeah, that's a great idea. We should do that as if we'd never thought of it before. So remind us. But for now, we're talking about the episode after the uh, totally excellent Adventures of Mac and the D. And it is after, before. And I just have to say, some of my favorite episodes of the series have been in this season. This episode, not my favorite episode of the series. But at the same I time, agree with you. at the same time, there's a lot of innovation going on here. Yes. With the storytelling that you can't do anywhere else other than a time travel story. I have to agree. I, I'll be honest. I, I tried rewatching this last night. I fell asleep in the middle of it. Uh, um, and, and I feel so bad because, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens. It's just, well, one, I was just really tired. And um, 
too, it just was not as attention grabbing as the previous episode. So, <laughs> granted, the previous episode was grab you by the neck, shake you around, and, and take you down nostalgia lane to yeah. the 1980s. Yeah. Which, by the way, Ben, you you picked up more 1980s references than I did. And that's because most of the 90s involved um, Care Bears and Sesame Street for me. Or, I'm sorry, the 80s involved Care Bears and Sesame Street. So, um, to be fair, I did get to live through the 80s. The entire decade, yes. Yeah. yeah. And and was pretty pretty aware of things, too. Yeah, I mean, technically, I lived through it, too. But I was nine when, you know, 1988 happened. So... And I was, yeah, I mean, the 70s, there's a weird nostalgia that I feel when I look at the 70s. And and some of it is because I do remember so much and was so formative for me as far as, you know, being a youngster. Um, But at the same time, I don't remember a lot of stuff as well because, yeah, I was born in 74 and six when we switched over to the 80s. But that's, I'll just say that that episode... It was brazen, <laughs> and it said, "You know what? We're just gonna, we're just gonna kick you in the nostalgia." And is it, do you need to? Do you need to talk? Do you need to have a little coffee talk section? Because you know, I got a phone number I memorized way back from the nineteen eighties. <laughs> no, I don't need to do a coffee talk. But uh, five, five, five. let's <laughs> instead talk about this episode. So this episode is called uh, "After." comma before and there's a lot to it but then at the same time there's not a lot to it i mean this is a pretty simple episode other than the time travel shenanigans that are that are happening there but you have two times timelines and one is covering 20 minutes and the other is covering a couple days and they're able to do this. And this is another thing where they've, they've been able to extend time to allow one of the characters to actually take the time to deal with stuff. I mean, that was the whole point of the episode last week was it gave Mac, you know, months to deal with the stuff he was going through. And this gives us a couple days to deal with uh, what yo-yo is going through it's interesting too when you think about the idea that this is this is Yo-Yo who has to deal with with her issues. That's the way she lives her life. Is she's able to do, you know, a minute's worth of of stuff in just seconds with her powers, and that's what she's doing here. Is she's doing days worth of stuff in what amounts to twenty minutes for for the rest of the team, and. Uh, it's it's kind of like that's her life writ large in some ways. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, Samantha, you said you fell asleep a little bit during the your second viewing. Yeah, but that's also because I had a really long day at work. <laughs> so, but, and I knew w- what was coming up. It's just, it just was not keep holding my attention. That was part of it, too. Unfortunately. It- I measure TV a lot by, am I looking at my phone? And I was kind of looking at my phone a lot through this. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the construct of it. Um, reminds me of, uh, inception and interstellar a little bit, both Chris Nolan, both a little weird. Uh, but the idea, you know, playing with time and all that sort of stuff, but we're at the end of the series Let's push forward a little bit more. I mean, like, I felt like we're kind of at a a down point in the season where (sighs) there's a hashtag that's there, that's not there, that... Tell us the hashtag. Where's Fitz? Where's Fitz? Where's Fitz? Come on, guys. I mean, we're we're at the point where we should be having some revelations about the show yes about these characters but also about the show where are we going to end up i mean we've got how many more episodes left this is eight we got five more episodes left yep yep. come on guys we need to we need to be moving towards the end now 
Okay, but we had revelations about characters. Uh, now, it was past, so, you know, this is not moving forward necessarily, but there's a huge revelation about um, Daisy's character and Jiaying's character. Um, it's nice to go back and revisit Jiaying. That's uh, true. Which, wait, by the way, two episodes ago, so before we knew, before we saw the preview for this episode showing us Jiaying, two episodes ago, Samantha called this. I don't know if you remember, Samantha, but you mentioned we could go back in time and see Jiaying because um, of the way she ages. Do you remember yeah. saying that? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. But what really got me was she was obviously wearing a really bad wig. And that really threw me off um, from my viewing experience. Um, I'm not sure what the actress is doing with her hair, but that was... Wearing not a wig should wig. not be part of her her, her, her daily. Uh, it, it yes, unlike it looked like comic, she had something on her head that was not her own hair. That's what it looked like. You know what? I never notice things like this, but I noticed this, and it was yeah. clothing related. She's yeah. wearing flats the whole time. Yeah, like she just looked like she was wearing very comfortable shoes. I don't know if they're comfortable because I don't wear those kind of shoes. Um. Cause that's traditionally, you know, female <laughs> shoes, but I never noticed shoe stuff. And then for some reason I noticed her shoes in this. It, they Flats are pre preferable over heels as far as comfort goes. Okay. That much I could, I figured out. Yes. That when I, I ask myself every day when I see people wear heels, like in my office and stuff, and I'm just like, how, why? I can direct you towards a history of high heels. Um, video on youtube but i'm sure you don't care <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i might need it just so i can get past the question it started actually with the french court and it was actually a thing that started with the men and then and then the women follow suit and then men stopped wearing high heels and women kept them okay well, i can tell you that back that to the people up here don't wear a lot of high heels because they get stuck in the mud yep i can believe it but back to the episode <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shoe cast with bed. <laughs> One of the things they did that I noticed a lot in this is they they filmed her in, in sort of a full screen. So, like, they used the fact that she's tall and beautiful it, and showed all of her, not just a close-up or a wide shot. Or, you know, they used lots of wide shots is what I'm trying to say, not just a close-up or a medium shot. And I think one of the reasons I, I noticed – the shoes that she was wearing is because of the way she was walking and, and just this very smooth movements. And, and that's always been part of her character is just this very calm, calm presence, the smooth, calm character. Yeah. She had that calming presence about her, but it was also very, um, Jaying is not a nice, happy person. No. Well, she was until Hydra got a hold of her and chopped her up into bits. And then put her back together. So the question is, did that happen in this timeline? Because she doesn't. I, I, I'm not sure but if they, that, that happened in this timeline. I think that happened in the 90s to her. Did it not? Was it that late? If not later. I, I don't remember when all the stuff happened to her from that Hydra did. Um, but we, here's some revelations we get about her. Uh, Daisy had a sister. Yes. Uh, a sister that goes kaboom. Yeah, that was really I, I was actually a little confused about this at first because at the end she talks about how I have a daughter out there and I'm like, oh, is she talking about Daisy? And then, no, I don't think she's talking about Daisy. I think she's talking about, is it, was it Rose? Which if that's her name, no, it's Cora. Cora, yes. Cora. So Cora is out there somewhere. So that's what she was talking about. And Cora is with Nathaniel who's really toned down the Christopher Walken quite a bit. Yes. It's still there, but he's, he's toned it down a little bit. So we're in a weird place, though. We're in a really weird place. Adapt or die. Apparently, all of the Chronicoms, except for Sybil, died in Adapt or Die. That could be mid-season. If we if we want to look at it that way and that we're moving into like a second, you know, arc kind of thing with Nathaniel 
um, who I thought actually had died at the end of Adapt or Die, but didn't. Um, and he's assembling his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants right now. I mean, I. Why are we doing this? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. When he showed up, I was like, oh, oh, what's a Magneto? Seriously, because, it, like, that's exactly it. It's like, why are this? This was my question. I mean, I understand that we have a lot of ties to, you know, loose ends to tie up. I get it. You know, some character development with Mac. That's a good thing. Some character development with Yo-Yo. That's a good thing. But why do we have yet another bad guy? Uh, I've noticed a pattern in previous seasons that in the first half of the season, you'll have one bad guy and then they're killed off. And then in the second half, you'll have a, another bad guy who is somehow connected to the first one. Or this is a, also a pattern I've seen on other shows as well, such as Supernatural or well. Or previous hosts of this show used to call that the mid-season twist. Right. Get it. Yes. Love it. But really? I, I, uh, well, that, that's what makes this kind of odd, is that you have the the mid-season twist, I guess. We only have 13 episodes, though, and I just expected build. You know? Build, 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 yeah. build. And instead, we have conflict resolution in Adapt or Die. Uh that happens so quickly and so um, unclearly that I didn't even realize, oh, we just lost an entire uh, race of, of right. villains, you know? And then um, it's also odd to think about because I hear I'm looking like, where is the peaceful resolution going to happen? And how is the peaceful resolution going to happen? And instead it's genocide. Like the Chronicoms are, are done Except yeah. for Sybil. And maybe they're Borg-like so that they can come back and, and you know, Sybil's like, will, you know, be the, the mother of all the Chronicoms or whatever, right? But a, a Coulson-related character has been the destroyer of the Chronicoms. Right. So Sarge it's killed most of them. And then <laughs> LMD Coulson took care of the rest of them except for Sybil. And it's just... It's it's an odd place for us to be where all of a sudden, okay, so let's get this guy now. And now we have Nathaniel. And and he's doing something similar to what we've seen before where he's pulling together a team. And now what's going to happen with that team and, and how does that tie in with Sybil? I, I get that. But I just don't feel like a real dramatic build. Instead, we're getting these kind of one-off episodes that are, in some cases, super fun. And in other cases, like this one, getting us from point A to point B. This is a bridge episode. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and we're in the last season. We're in the last home stretch. You know, we should be having build, 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 and then resolution of an entire everything, not just, you know, build resolution, conflict resolution done. And then on to the next one. But even as I'm saying this, I'm hearing my voice thinking to myself, wait a minute. We're talking about a season that has two of my favorite episodes of the show. Right. And I'm complaining that this this right. episode wasn't as great. Right. As like the best. I, I, so, Looking I at am, the um, trivia for I, on IMDb for this episode, and it reminded me, yes, this episode is taking place in 1983, so it could be before Hydra got a hold of Jaying. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. You were saying. Uh, that I probably shouldn't complain so much is what I'm saying. Well, yes, I, I hear that. Yes, I understand that. But at the same time, we are reacting to this as viewers right now. I often wondered about this show, specifically this season, how it would play in a binge watch situation. You know, if I could watch all 13 episodes in a weekend, does it play different? And we can't know until we see. Where is right. this thing with Nathaniel going? Where is the thing with Sybil going? And where is this thing with um, Fitz going? We now, just can't know. Again, one of the things I've said lots, lots, it would be very interesting if this last season introduced something that propelled the MCU forward. Some new part of the MCU that was 
um, specific or or interesting or um, momentous, you know, if in fact, you know, uh, Nathaniel turned out to be one of the X-Men, you know what I mean? That would be interesting. Or they introduced the X-Men here. That's super wishful thinking, though. (laughs) No, no, I get all that. What I'm saying, though, is there's a reason Feige put in season seven. That man does not do anything without a plan, right? Now, he adapts his plans. He changes his plans. But he still has plans. Yeah, I I honestly think that the plan for this was make ABC a little bit more money. And, you know, continue going with a with a good thing. I I, I don't think that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a part of the big plan. I I, I, I just don't. And 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 I know. We know my still wishful thinking will be there until the end when it doesn't happen. So, Well, my wishful thinking is just that we do get, I don't know, this victory lap that we've got. If Nathaniel is going to be a part of it, then I would like to see him, you know, bring in some of these other uh, villains from the past of this show, you know, and, and, and bring them into his fold. Um, and, and, what th- and they, the they got the best of both worlds here. You know, Nathaniel is a Malik. And so that's a Hydra, yeah. you know, legacy name, you know? And so that's, they're doing that. They've got, he's teamed up with the Chronicoms with, with Sybil. He's got an inhuman on his, on his team now. Um, so there's, there's, there's things happening. Well, what was the name of that villain from the first season? They were like, watch how a villain becomes a villain or whatever. Gravitron. Well, yeah, but they, they didn't say anything like that about him. I don't think. I guess he like, we thought we were getting something big with him, but then we never saw him again until, you know, season five or whatever. Yeah. And well, actually it was last season, wasn't it? it? Yeah. Last yeah. season when he was like bonded with um with Creel. Right. And yeah. and uh and the Hydra um the teenage Hydra girl. Dove oh, Cam- Ruby? Yeah. 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 It's gonna be interesting to see this show in its entirety from point A to point B. Or Z, I guess. Point A to point Z. The other thing that's going to be interesting is this season now is just plowing through the time stream and changing things left and right now. You know, yeah. you've you've got people who are living that shouldn't have lived. You got people who are dying who shouldn't have died. You've got, you know, they're making waves, not ripples, and it's just plowing through things. And I'm just really curious, like, are we just building up towards some sort of resolution that just resets everything is this year of hell well ben that sounds an awful lot like wishful thinking but we've talked about how year of hell was meant to be a season right yeah like they they really pitched hard that voyager's season um whatever whatever season number it was would have been the season where they just keep losing and their ship just keeps getting worse and worse and worse um but instead, it got turned into a two-parter where at the end of the episode, nobody even knew it happened because it was time travel and it got fixed. Yeah, and then that's when Ronald D. Moore left Voyager and went off to do Battlestar Galactica, where in which he basically did that for a season. I mean, what was the name of that ship? Whatever, Battlestar Galactica. The Galactica just kept getting, getting pounded for a whole – I mean, the whole series is about that. <laughs> I just don't want this to be we get to the end and it all gets fixed because time travel and nobody remembers you know like we got some good stuff happening for our characters that you know Mac needs to remember this stuff that's happening to him and uh, and and Yo-Yo like from today so Yo-Yo gets past not just why can't she use her powers now she gets past this block that turned her into, you know, that, that caused her powers to come out the way that they did, 
which she has to return to the spot she left from. Um, and maybe this is a point to talk about the plot a little bit because the time travel device is malfunctioning, but they can't get to it because there's a force field. But Yo-Yo could get to it if she had her powers, but she doesn't have her powers. She can't use her powers. So Until the end when she can use her powers and it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So the way it works, though, is because of the, what they're doing when they drop out of the time travel stream, uh, they're able to drop off May and Yo-Yo. And May and Yo-Yo are able to go to um, a therapy spa and <laughs> and get some, some therapy treatments. And, you know, really have some bonding time. Really, you know, come together as a team, as a group, as a, as a you know, couple of friends. It was good. Yeah. I really liked that that part of the uh, May and yoga bonding. Um, and also the fact that neither of them were comfortable with the meditation. So, of course, they connect through sparring. Well, and they needed physical connection. And what was also good about that was it triggered memories. Like the them just sitting and meditating probably would not have triggered the memories that they had that allowed Yo-Yo to kind of get to some of what was going on within her. Right. I do appreciate that it was a mental thing rather than a physical thing, right? Had there been a plutonium MacGuffin, you know, check off whatever to fix everything that would have been kind of disappointing. But the fact that they have her go from, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this to, Oh, I can do this and I can do it better. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that. I I, do like that. Um, What I have a problem with is one thing I liked about yo-yo's power set was that she did have some limitation. Yeah. And now that limitation has gone. I'm with, well now she's just flash. Yeah. Now she's just the flash. I thought it was a really cool power set as it was as, as just a power, the whole character arc that she went through in this episode was also really cool. You know, so it's like, we're trading off this thing that I just look at and think that's so neat, but we're trading it off into this character arc episode. That's kind of her episode. That's also really neat, you know, and, and just seeing, you know, the violence from her past and that's not neat, obviously, but, um, where she realizes because of what she did with the necklace, that necklace that you remember, that was the that was the necklace that was floating in the spaceship in uh, season four or the or the Quinjet oh. where um, the season opened and it had like you could see a, a shoulder pad that was from shield, uh, you know, a shield agent in uniform and you could see the necklace floating and, um, you know, there was oh, some yes. and it got handed off to Mac. You know, like there was some. So, again, we're getting origin story stuff here. Um, And she's with her cousin and. She she runs, grabs the thing and runs back. And I was just like, oh, that's really cool. Like that's that's just foreshadowing to her powers. And then, no, it's not just foreshadowing. Like that's the reason why her power developed as it did. But should we have origin stuff, origin story stuff? With five episodes left to go, with five issues of this book left to go. Yes, if it's revelation stuff. Mm. I'm okay with it because it's revealing something new to us about this character that explores something we've known for for a long, long time. Oh, yes. I agree with that. Let me ask you a question, Ben. Yeah. So in you've read more comics than I have. Mm-hmm. That's a given. When a series comes to an end, i.e. like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., do they often um, wrap up a storyline or is it more like a television show wrapping up or is it more like um, nothing ever changes and they just, you know, ride off into the sunset? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yeah, Got no, it. I mean, it just depends on the writer. It depends on what they need to do with it. But I mean, comic books, part of the problems with comic books is they don't end. They just keep going and going and going for decades. Um, And then they try and end it and restart it, you know? And so there 
oftentimes there isn't a real good ending. But the ones that do have the great ending, you know, they they write toward the ending. And, you know, it, and sometimes it's to say, like uh, Sandman is, a, is a, I think, a famous one where the ending of Sandman after 75 issues, um, when it's done, there's this character arc that lasts, you know, throughout these 75 issues. But when it ends, it ends by saying, this isn't really the ending. You know, there's, there's more to come and, and you're just not going to be able to read about it. You know, it's just that implied, well, since they're not dead, it's going to continue. And yeah, uh, and, and I really hope that this ends in that way where they, their adventures will continue just in our heads and not on the screen. I mean, I don't want them to rogue one it. I don't want them to die. I want them to go off and and live and, and exactly, you know, I want them to have adventures that we're just not going to know about. Or have them pop up in other MCU shows. Well, now who's wishful thinking, Samantha? Well, it's not impossible because if I recall correctly, were wasn't some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters on the table when they were starting to put together um, um, uh, Avengers? Um, um, oh gosh. Infinity War? Infinity War, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Were they on the table? I don't know if they actually were. I think those were just rumors, but I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Well, I seem to recall there was an article from there might have been one of I, the producers I, with an I interview thought, with one of the producers about some of the I know the Netflix shows and some of and I believe mm-hmm. they also said the Agents of Shield characters some of them were on the table, but they were taken out because um, budget and, reasons and, was, and yeah such. I, who knows? Think about your. Um, Think about your TV shows, your favorite TV shows and the way that they end, you know, um, specifically looking at Star Trek. Uh, Wait, who likes Star Trek on this show? I don't know. <laughs> Both Next mean? Generation and Voyager did kind of false futures where yeah. you could kind of see where the timeline was going if something didn't change. And in in both of them, it, there was active changing that did happen so that that, that future we were seeing was – a fine resolution if we never saw these characters again. So yes, what's great about TNG is that now we have Picard and although it's not exactly season eight of TNG, it is still a, it's still a sequel because it's the same characters. They're just showing us a different point in their lives. Right. And yeah, he still own a he still owns a, a vineyard, and he's still fighting the same fights. Yeah. Well, what's so, interesting about if you're looking at Picard versus the future in All Good Things, the the finale mm-hmm. of Next Generation, it's just you're seeing this alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, because he lived that future timeline, he comes back and he knows things about his future, even though he doesn't go through the same um, actions in the two futures. His body is the same body mm-hmm. in those two futures. And so like his his uh, his disease that he has in all good things, they talk about it in Picard. Yeah. You know, and that's really cool. And mm-hmm. and so, again, you're seeing a false future in all good things, but that gets wiped out. By a lot of different things, but the main thing is he's living the timeline a second time and going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And and well, well, Q is also involved as well. So right, so it's it's time travel and it's altered, you know, reality and 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 all these different things. Um, and then the same with Voyager, where their future that that happens um, is different because of time travel and, and going back in time. Um, but again, we see this kind of future that we know now that future didn't happen. You know, Seven of Nine is in a super different place than the future that we saw in, in Star Trek Voyager. Right. Uh, right. In, in their finale. Um, but if we never saw the characters again, we'd have this idea of, okay, this is where their future could go. And and that's nice. I don't want that with this. With this, I want it to end with our characters in a in a new spot where we just 
can imagine about where they're going to go. And if they're dead, they're dead. If they're alive, these, this is our imagination. And you don't want a different reality. I mean, you don't have a problem with them leaping through time and space, trying to make it home. Do you? I'd, I'd rather we didn't get that. I'd like a resolution to the season. Yeah. 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 So, so what we want or what, what I'm gathering from you is that you want like, okay, we landed, we destroyed the time ship. Fitz is back. Gemma's back. They go live happily ever after. And, and, you know, our team still does a thing. Yeah. So it goes out and fights the bad guys and, and be, you know, saves the earth. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I have a hypothesis how this, sh- how the show is going to end. They finally let Coulson die. Like, they the LMD dies. They decide not to bring him back, and because probably they have some conversation with him about you know I've I've lived and I've died so many times, I don't need to keep going. That's my guess. My yes, my argument though is he says at one point last episode I think or is the one before it that dying is a superpower. Mm-hmm. So you just now get to dying as your superpower? You either stick with that and it means something moving forward, or you why'd you write it in the first place? Well, uh, well, at the beginning of this season, the LMD Colson did say to Mac, "We're going to revisit this conversation." Yeah, true. About resurrecting him as an LMD, and then he became Max Hedrum. So really, who would who would want to die after that? Well, and then they didn't have a conversation about it this time around either. Like right. this was okay. You're back again, and we're building your new body. And I'm glad we started with your feet or with your head instead of your feet. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, well, I, when Colson was talking about that, I think he meant after the mission of getting them back into their own present time was completed, uh, and they have not done that yet. I mean, as far as I know, they're still stuck in 1983. It's going to be an interesting situation to see where they go forward and how they resolve it. I just want a resolution. I don't want the ending of Cheers, right? Oh, we're closed. Sorry. Come back later. That's or a great find... ending. That well, was a good episode. Yes, it's a good ending for that show. It's a right? beautiful ending for that show. Yes. And, yes. and then you talked about Quantum Leap. That also... a somewhat beautiful ending for that show Actually, where that that finale ticked me off i was like no that is not how the show should end that they just lose sam and he's leaping off on his own but he's yeah. choosing to yes like the the whole point of the show was he's just trying to get home trying to get home trying to get home but helping people along the way and he's a good guy you know don't get me wrong it's, it's not that he doesn't want to help people but um in in the after the finale he's doing it on his own he's choosing that path and and i i like that ending you know i yeah how did how did incredible hulk end (laughs) well it it depends on what you're talking about like the series itself it just got canceled oh but then they did the tv movies oh it came out okay and so you had a tv movie where he comes back and meets Thor, and you have a TV movie where he meets oh, Daredevil, those, okay. and then you have a TV okay. movie called, spoiler alert, The Death of the Incredible Hulk, and he dies. Okay. And it's sad, and I did not shed a tear, but I came close. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're all saying is we want it to be meaningful. But then you have, I mean, there's a lot of endings that are out there that are not great because they got canceled and didn't know they were going to have to end. Firefly. Um, well, just right off the top of my head, Firefly I can think of three, three shows like that. Um, but you also have, so Firefly is one, obviously, but um, <laughs> Alien Nation ended on a, a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, Space Above and Beyond ended on a cliffhanger. Um Oh, what's that other show that ended where uh, Defying Gravity, which was uh, basically Grey's Anatomy in space kind of thing. But um, 
I was really getting into it, but it got canceled before it had a chance to get any kind of season ending even. Um, that's, I mean, that was been my fear for the show every season until now. Right. And, and now we do know, and this is, this is the hope I have. Yes. We are heading towards the ending that they planned. Yes. I just don't understand where we're going right now. Right. <laughs> I know that there's that, that we're on a train and there is somebody in front of us putting track down as fast as they possibly can. And then there's, well, no, that's not even, that's no, not even accurate. They put down the track a year ago. Yeah. The track's already down. We're on the train. Yep. Tracks we're down. Train. Train's going. We just don't know where the track goes. Right. Which is what happens when you watch a show live weeks a week, as opposed to binge watching an entire series in one weekend. Right. Except a lot of times you kind of know where you're going based on the 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 landmarks. And, and, you know, where you kind of feel like I know where this is going. and, And this season, I don't. But again, don't. I'm not going to complain because we got uh, right. That's the point. We got such great, fantastic episodes at pretty much up until this one. I mean, the first episode was. I don't remember exactly, but then we had the noir episode. We had the um, we had the commies the, from outer space. Yeah, I mean, I'm, all of these themed episodes looking at um, Project Insight in a different way. Great. Love it. This one. This one turns like history of well, MCU on its head, though, with right. with the Inhuman um, Eden or Afterlife or whatever. Yeah. Afterlife. Um, is, yeah. Okay. So all things considered, though, I mean – what do we have going on in this episode? We've talked about Jaying. We've talked about Yo-Yo. Um, what else do we have going on? Uh, skipping yeah. through time in 20, like yeah. two days and 20 minutes. Um, I noticed Sousa's wearing new clothes. Are those leftover from the 70s or did he raid um, Coulson's closet? I think he raided the closet. Okay. I, I think so. What do you think about his new I was leg? like, that shirt looks awfully familiar and it looks, you know, 21st century. What do you think about his new leg? I think he got tired of limping and said, please, could you just make me a leg? And, and, and why I'm not? Sure about you know, like that's... I wish he'd have shown up last season. That would have been great. Yes, it would have. I mean, I don't know how they would have done it, obviously. But, you know, I, I don't know that he mixes in with the whole Sarge plot line. But I, I'm sitting there watching this, and I think I texted you guys, and I said, "This is he should have been in here a long time ago." Changes the landscape; it gives it a little bit more um, gravitas, I guess, or 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 guts. I don't know. I I love Mac, but I've always he doesn't have that Marvel. MCU, um, to me, he doesn't, he, he's just almost not supposed to be there. Like, I like him. He is always there. He's the director. Great. But there is something about Sousa coming in and being, you know, with Peggy Carter and then Coulson being there. And I don't know. There's all, there's just a little bit of a, like an imposter syndrome going on for me there with Mac. I could see a situation where we end up with Shield set up again, and and Sousa is is director, and he went undercover as a New York City cop in Avengers. We are <laughs> heading in that direction. I told the kids when they gave him the leg, I said, "Now, yep. now it's possible." You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we will see. We will see if they're if they're going to be that. Uh, that bold as they're doing this, but we also learned that Suso was a paratrooper. Yeah. He was preparing parachutes. And his question for Simmons, you ever jumped out of a plane? Yeah. She's like twice. <laughs> well, and, and the second time I meant to, or something like that. Or the, the second time or was with a parachute. Have a parachute. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
here's the thing. These episodes are definitely leading toward payoff. Um, oh, I hope so. Payoff for the series. The question is, will the whole Fitz situation How do you know give you're us leading payoff? towards payoff? Uh, the reason I think it is is because of the way that they are referencing all of these other things from from the series. So Afterlife, Project Insight, bringing Sousa on, mm -hmm. those types of things. Okay. That's, that's what causes me to have hope. Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows where it's going to end up? We, we don't. We don't know. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. That's true. So um, I'm also looking at the trivia for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that uh, Diane Doan, oh, I hope I pronounced that correctly, um, who played Cora, Daisy's sister, um, was in um, Disney Descendants playing uh, Mulan's daughter. And, of course, we all know Mulan was voiced by Ming-Na Wen. Um, so we have a Disney princess connection here, too. That is kind of cool. Yeah. Who, she was Mulan's daughter in Descendants? Yes. Lonnie? I'm trying to remember which one season one. Or uh, the I have first not movie? seen it. I have not seen Descendants. So <laughs> those are fun movies. I saw part of the third one, and it was giving off a vibe that wasn't. I, I didn't quite grok the vibe that they were giving off. Let's put it that way. It it, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, let's be fair. It's not for forty-five-year-old men. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, we got but, some. Go ahead. We got some feedback. Let's, okay. let's read some feedback. This is from Agent uh, Dylan. And it's about after before. He says, Agents, I think my timeline is starting to get wonky. Um, just a reminder Dylan keeps a timeline of the MCU. And, <laughs> oh, uh, no, Dylan. It's oh. a real, like, detailed kind of thing but he writes i think my timeline is starting to get wonky currently i'm logging each jump as its own branch but i used a little leeway in this episode for jumps where they stay on the zephyr but now i'm just wondering if i should just treat the whole season as one timeline since they're following the chronicoms anyway am i making any sense here and then he says this is the part where you say no but that's okay i would say though just jumping in i think that this season is a new timeline uh yes but i don't know that you but can not make the whole that assertion season. until you find out where it ends but things are different like things are different in this timeline i could see it, where like there's i could see branching back. points though i could see taking this you know there's their first every stop that they make i could see these ripples creating a new a new branch a new but chalk line that doc brown draws right yeah yeah uh oh hey this is this is funny actually what you just said samantha because then uh dylan goes on to say so daisy has a sister who knew fun fact the actress that plays her played mulan's daughter in the descendants movies uh speaking of daisy it'll be interesting to see what her relationship with her parents is like in this timeline that's for sure as they seem to have prevented jaying's capture by by hydra um who knows what they've prevented? <laughs> that's the that's the other thing. Again, this is me jumping in. The other thing that, that is kind of bothering me, but it shouldn't necessarily, is that we don't get to see the real ramifications of what's going on. Like we see Nathaniel show up. What's he been doing all this time? Apparently learning how to use quake powers. What's Hydra doing during all this time? And what is S.H.I.E.L.D. doing during all this time? We don't get any glimpses into that because we're so micro focused on, on a point of view here, you know, our, our characters, um, regarding your question about Deke knowing young Mac, I figured he probably moved in next door to them or something, uh, which is great headcanon right there. Um, I'm still holding out hope that somehow he'll be able to stay in the eighties and continue running the Deke squad spinoff perhaps. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was also hoping, uh, Sousa would stay in the seventies and reunite with Peggy Agent Dylan signing off. Hashtag trip lives. Hashtag Mulan meant Kronk, met Kronk in the 70s. <laughs> That's true. 
Hey, Dylan, yeah, I would love good. to see your timeline. Does he have that? Does he have a link or anything? Has he shared uh, that he with us? He has sent it to me before. It's been a little while, though. Okay. Um, so maybe I we can get a, a new version it. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've got another message from 084. And 084 sends in Shield 708 feedback. This episode was a gift to all of us who made it through these six and a half seasons of Shield. It not only draws on past seasons for its plot, but I feel like it's going to make the whole show better on a rewatch, especially seasons two and three. The necklace that Yo-Yo kept sacred and passed on to Mac in the most stressful game of hot potato ever now has an even deeper meaning. This little cousin in the closet with her is probably the one who was killed by the dirty cop in her premiere episode. Nathaniel Malik, the little kid who was sacrificed by his own brother out of selfish fear, has the potential in him to be possibly one of my favorite S.H.I.E.L.D. villains, if he keeps do at what he's doing. And Daisy had a sister, a sister who killed herself five years before Daisy was even born. That's really going to make me look at Jiang different if I ever go back and rewatch season two and a sister who's joined Malik as a duo of jacked with powers villains who have now both cheated death. I'm so tensely excited for the last handful of episodes. One little thing that bothered me may not being the one to save Cora, which would have been a great redemptive moment for the Baron episode incident, but I do love the other direction they're going with it. By the way, I thought that that was yo-yo who saved her. Like when she's doing that and all of a sudden the gun comes apart, I thought yo-yo had figured out, gotten past her block because she needed to save this girl and used her powers, pulls the gun apart before she has a chance to use it. And then they're going to pan over. We'd see yo-yo standing in the field, but instead it was. It's Gordon. Was it Nathaniel? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking it was Gordon, but Oh, Gordon also had hair this episode too. That was cool to see. I yeah. did enjoy seeing Gordon and going, oh, who's, oh it's Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't the same guy, but yeah, no, because he's younger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to 084. One big thing that bothered me, Sousa's new leg. Don't like it. Don't want it. <laughs> the character has been such a good representation for the disabled. It has kicked so much ass, even with the, his need for a crutch. He should have closed the case and declined it, even with all the future tech at his disposal. It made logical sense, but it just feels wrong. Until next time. And I don't know. I look at something like that and still think there's a there's a disability element there where he's wearing now this new this new prosthetic, you know, and I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Um, and I do think it does set us up for him to be able to be that cop in the adventures, uh, battle of New York. Um, but it also means he doesn't have to walk with the limp anymore. And I mean, it's the same reason they actor. gave, it's the same reason they gave, um, uh, yo-yo her hands, right? And it's the same tech. I mean, they have hands. the tech there. Yeah. So it makes sense. So I, it's well, a production. Was it, the, was it the same tech that they gave War Machine for his legs? No, this was a whole other prosthetic leg. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was more like a, a exoskeleton that they gave War okay. Machine. Because he did have a leg. Is that when... Uh... Or, or no, 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 no. Was he missing a leg completely and he had a prosthetic limb? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Why did I not know this? Um, because he didn't really call it out until I think the episode where he was talking about it with with Daisy. Okay. But. All right. Well, anything else? Anything we missed, you two? Nope. That's Where's it. Fitz? Where's Fitz? <laughs> and that is another reason why I might be a little bit down on this episode. They called this it out. Getting, Simmons tried ridiculous. to send him a message. She left him a voicemail. Basically. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Come Actually, on. That message reminded me of the movie The Martian with Matt Damon. Oh, that's a great movie. Where he would leave messages and like he would record, like do a video diary. Well, it's it's a personal log for yeah. sure. Or a captain's log if you're, yeah. you know so inclined but it, a that's a great movie if you haven't watched that movie you guys it have is. both seen that movie right yes yeah great movie go watch it and one thing i loved about that movie is that everything 
except for the storm on Mars at the beginning. Um, everything is could possibly happen. Um, yeah, like I th- Andy Weir, who wrote it, is a. Um, I, I mean, he's he double checked and you know worked with scientists to get it all accurate. Yeah, it's just a, a storm on Mars barely you know, blows your hair or barely could blow your hair. Um, if you were walking around Mars without a helmet, um, which I would not recommend that. <laughs> well, when I go, I'll find out for sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that was really Scott returning to sci-fi. Uh, so he did Prometheus mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. did the Martian and the Martian is what allowed him to do alien covenant. Um, but, the Martian is obviously the more realistic kind of sci-fi. And, yeah. Um, but I did read the book before I, I saw the movie. And and the book was was a fun read as well. Oh, the book is great. I finished the book and was like, oh, I got to watch something. And then I watched Interstellar. And I was like, oh, man, that was dumb. <laughs> so then I watched Apollo 13 because that is a great space movie. Yes. That is. And I highly recommend if you're going to watch Apollo 13 to get the DVD set that has the commentary tracks because um, there's one track that is just the real Jim and Marion Lovell talking about what happened oh. and making the movie. Um, it's cool. so interesting. Yeah, but if I could recommend a podcast, if you guys haven't already found this podcast, 13 Minutes to the Moon. And it's got two seasons, and season one is actually about the moon landing, and season two is about Apollo 13. And it's got um, interviews with different people, and it's kind of tracking along with it. It's got actual audio from the uh, control rooms and stuff. It is fascinating and fantastic. So 13 Minutes to the Moon, highly recommended podcast. Okay, opening up a podcast app. Okay, thanks. Well, I think that's our episode for this time around. I think we need to, uh, we can't talk about the next time on. So a post-credit conversation, um, I think might be about just some random Marvel related stuff. But <laughs> for right now, I do want to say thank you everyone for, for listening. And we are going to continue, um, riding along this, this ride of, of this summer and, uh, doing the episodes when we can and uh but you know listeners we're doing it we're doing it for you we're we're doing yes. it because we appreciate you we're doing it because um we're having a lot of fun and uh, but sometimes you know it, it's podcasting you know and uh this summer you know it, it won't be easy but i know we'll find some way to be together again time space has never stopped us before and i won't stop trying i love you Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. I got a little awkward there at the end, Ben. It did a little. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, hey, I don't know. Are you know. still recording? I'm recording now, yeah. Okay, um, because sometimes I feel like even though when you do those like those final quotes, you still need to keep recording to get our reactions to tack on to the after credit. Well, we're in after credit right now. So. Okay. Hello, so, after credit people. Uh, okay, so before, before we get too much down, whatever we're going to do for after credit, I just want to let everybody know we did get funded for our Kickstarter. Thank you to everybody who shared it and and posted it and talked about it. And and for those who um, 
donated. Thank you very much. And we'll be working on getting rewards out and, and whatnot. So, yes, <laughs> we're on a new adventure. Awesome. So it's going to be it's going to be good. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So the Comic-Con's coming up and there are some Comic-Con related uh, free uh, panels. Yeah. That are Marvel related. So Marvel Comic-Con. Is he going to do the big Hall H thing free? They may have to have the, the panelist broadcast from their homes because of all the corn quarantine stuff. Yeah, but they're not going to do a big Hall H thing, right? No, no, they're not no. because they're not opening Hall H. Like they're they're not doing right. the actual con- convention. Right. But Kevin Feige's not going to get up in, in Disney Studios and be like, okay. Nobody's here to watch this, but I'm going to videotape it. He's not going to do that, is he? Well, let me tell you what they are going to do. All right. All these times are Pacific times. So Thursday, July 23rd, Marvel's 616. It explores how Marvel's rich legacy of stories, characters, and creators exist within the world outside your window. Each documentary – this is about a Disney Plus series. It's a documentary series. uh, Helmed by a unique filmmaker, explores the intersections of storytelling, pop culture, and fandom within the Marvel Universe. Uh, then to Disney Plus. That is a documentary series that's coming to Disney Plus that they're going to be talking about um, Thursday, July 23rd at 1 Pacific time. Thursday, July 23rd at 4 Pacific time. This is PM. Uh, Marvel HQ. This is your destination for all our young Marvel fans. Check out everything Marvel HQ has to offer about your favorite superheroes with a comics read-along, an epic Lego battle, and behind-the-scenes look at our animated series, Marvel Spider-Man Maximum Venom. Uh, Marvel Comics, the next big thing. That's Friday, July 24th at 11 a.m. Pacific. That is the editor-in-chief of Marvel breaking down all the stuff that's happening in Marvel Comics. Um, So that is a much shorter article than I thought because that does not include some of the other stuff that I thought they were going to talk about. Apparently, so that was Marvel.com that gave me that. Now I need to find my uh, list that I got from you guys or for you guys. Well, that's disappointing. Um, we'll talk about something, you two, before. Uh, <laughs> it's just dumb dead space. Do you want me? To, I mean, I have the two that you sent us, Ben. Marvel HQ. Next big thing. Yep. Yep, why don't you do the There's two that a, I sent you? Because um from type sci-fi tv site.com Hellstrom um 3 p.m. This panel will focus on the upcoming live action Hellstrom series based on the Marvel Comics character. It will include series stars Tom Austin, Sydney Lemon, uh, Elizabeth Marvel, I wonder why she got the job, Robert Wisdom, and more along with showrunner Paul. Not even going to try it. Zibeski, I guess I am going to try And then on Saturday, 3 so that's, p.m. That's July 24th, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Okay. I don't have the actual date, so feel free to uh, put those in, Ben. On Saturday, whatever day that is, um, the Science of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 3 p.m. This panel will focus on the science of ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series, which will include Jeffrey Ball, Dr. Virginia Desa, Elizabeth Henstridge, Dr. Ania Kachkan, Melissa Miller, and more. Yeah. Ken Khan. And that's on Saturday at 3 p.m. So, okay, well. Do you think they're going to address where Fitz is in that panel? Nope. Do you know, have you heard anything about them taking um, questions? No, but I imagine that they will. Like these are. These are Zoom calls, right? Or yeah. or live streams or whatever. Yeah, basically. We live in such a weird world now. <laughs> Here, I found the article that I was looking for because I had one more thing in it that was Marvel related. But are you talking about the new mutants teaser? No, but that is something new mutants teaser got uh, released. So 
there's a did they cut that? Do we know? What do they did they recut New Mutants? Because I don't, I thought we already had a trailer and a teaser and all that. Yeah, they ended up not doing as much as they were intending to because I think it just got to a point where like who cares? Let's just <laughs> just get the movie out there and we don't have to worry about canon and and uh, yeah, make some money, <laughs> recoup some of our investment off of this. Yeah. Okay, I still don't know when that's gonna be when that's gonna be um uh, coming out. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but it is this year. I saw an article that says um, end of summer, sadly, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier isn't gonna be in August. It just says late 2020. So, which I kind of knew. Come on, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, their new release date. Is so this this post credit is basically just hey wait and we're gonna look up stuff while you're listening. <laughs> Google, googling, googling. August twenty eighth is the new release date for New Mutants. Mm. We'll see. Okay. We'll see if we if, get that. If theaters open, <laughs> yeah. our theaters playing like old movies. They're like Batman. Like Mine isn't old. open yet. So I'm just kind of waiting. I, I haven't gone to the theater because, you know, work and life and whatever. But See, we had a weekend where Empire Strikes Back was the highest uh, box office gross for the weekend recently. Really? Yeah. Mm, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm reading this article. Um, it was published on July 15, which was just a few days ago. That's when the episode that we just talked about was released. Um, and it says that the next episode, next episode that we're going to talk about next week, um, will be direct or what was directed by Elizabeth Henstridge. Yes. I think I read that too. That's pretty yeah. awesome. And in the article, it also hints that we may find out where Fitz is finally. No. Yeah. We're going to find out that Fitz has been there the whole time. He's just been invisible. Or he's like part of the Zephyr, which would be awful. Yes. <laughs> All right. It's time to go. All right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks Bye. for showing okay. up. And we'll see if we can do this again next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.